You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the National Football Show with your boy, Dan Cilio. And do we have a power-packed show today? We are loaded with guests and content. You know, all the things that are going on in the world of sports right now, especially when it comes to basketball, and if you're watching the NHL, it's all good, man. Seeing the fans back in the stands again just makes me Really excited about the upcoming fall when we could see the college kids back at the stadiums and the NFL fans back at all the facilities again, rooting for their favorite teams. I can't wait to see that, man. All good, right? All right. You know, before we get into the story of the day, and I think you know who the story of the day is, is Carl Nassib, the defensive end from the Las Vegas Raiders, coming out that he is gay, the first active gay member in the National Football League on a team. And I'll get to that here in a second. But I do want to say this about all the heat that you're seeing on social media, on a lot of the sports talk shows, the, you know, the cable sports shows. And this all goes around Ben Simmons. Oh, my God, we got to fix this guy. We, we, you know what? Maybe a sports psychologist could fix this. What's the other one? Oh, yeah, you know, if he practices the right way. Okay. Let me put it out there for you. I'll give you an example, too. Lamar Jackson, a couple years ago, I said that guy'd be out of the NFL in five years. I did. You know why? I didn't think he would work on his game. I did not think he had the intangibles to get better because once you get to the NFL, the chances of you actually getting better and better and better like Tom Brady you don't really see that. Usually when you see a player, it's who he is. And what we've seen over the last handful of years with Ben Simmons, it's who he is. He's not gotten better. The guy's actually gotten worse. He's not gotten better. You know why? He doesn't work at his craft. He doesn't want to get better. That's an intangible inside of your heart on you knowing that you have a deficiency that stops your team from winning. Lamar Jackson did the most important thing that he possibly could do. You know what that was? He knew that he had to get better in the passing game. So what did he do? He improved in the passing game. 
led the NFL in touchdown passes a couple years ago. Made sure that everyone knew he was constantly working. Remember, he'd wear those T-shirts that said, no one cares. Ben Simmons doesn't have that mentality. Do I think Ben Simmons will ever get better? Ben Simmons is who he is. That zebra's not going to change his stripes. You're either going to have to deal with him. Here, I said this yesterday. That dude, if he's your number two, you'll always be number two in the Eastern Conference. If he's your number three, you'll win the title. You need a number two guy. Okay? And if he's somebody like a Draymond Green, okay, what are, he is one of the top defenders in the NBA. You can't take that away from him. But, dude, when it comes down to crunch time, I can't count on you on the free throw stripe. I can't count on you to get the rock to somebody. I can't even count on you to get a layup. I got a problem with that. I mean, it sounds to me like you lack some guts and some onions, too. This comes down to who you are as an athlete. How many times have we asked athletes this question? You know, I, I can't tell you the intangible inside that makes you a champion cannot be evaluated at an NFL combine or at an NBA draft. It can't be. Because if that was the case, Tom Brady would have been the most recruited and the most evaluated quarterback in history. Have you ever seen that picture and that video that he posts all the time when the NFL combines come around in the draft and he looks like some just quarterback prospect that you just shake your head and go, that guy will never play in the league. Well, seven Super Bowls later, he made himself into that guy. Because you can't evaluate that. You can't put that it's tangible on a scale and go, okay, yeah, he's going to be this. That's why that position flops all the time. Because the one intangible that you need to have. Think about this for a second, too, the NFL great quarterbacks. Peyton Manning. You think that guy's truly a great athlete? I mean, that guy couldn't jump over a stack of quarters. Same thing with Brady. Dickie, those two are great? Like athletes? Come on, man. Dick Roethlisberger? Rivers? Any of the guys that we've seen? Hey, Aaron Rodgers? Steve Young? Fantastic. Lamar Jackson? Fantastic. But the true greats are the ones that aren't the ones that take off and leave the pocket. These are guys that sit back and have to cerebrally beat you. They beat you with their brain. They beat, they beat you with their desire and their heart. How do you think they get better like that? Simmons is the same dude. I've been listening to all these shows go. I'm like, well, you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them because you can't get the value for them. All the things that you invested in them, you'll never get that back. And here's a little note here for the Sixers. And by the way, you all know I'm friends with Doc Rivers. The more publicly that you go out and bash that guy, you're going to turn yourself into the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles went on some sort of barnstorming tour where they trashed Carson Wentz for months. And when I saw that there was an open quarterback position, let me give you an example of that. Brian Flores was asked a question like a month after the season ended about Tua Tugavaiola being the starting quarterback. You know what he said? He's our guy, and there's no question about it. We're going forward. He's our number one guy. You know why they did that? Just in case that they were going to move him potentially to the uh, Texans to try to get Deshaun Watson, you at least put the impression out there that you believed he was a franchise quarterback. 
when you start talking about competition, the the Eagles were never going to get a number one for Carson Wentz. Never. No one offered one, too. You're in a competition with Jalen Hurts. Did you see the kid play last year? I'm not sure about Hurts. Why would you devalue an asset that you may want to move? Well, his free throw shooting sucks. And, you know, we've got to do a lot of work. You've had him a handful of years. Now, all of a sudden, we're coming to the rescue here to try to rescue his shot, his confidence. Dude, you're a pro sports athlete. Confidence should be the least thing you work on. Holy cow. A shrink and a shot doctor. That's ridiculous. I don't want that on my team. Hey, man, if the guy's willing to work and willing to put the time in, I'll work with anybody. But if you're not willing to be a star, hey, man, I can't help you. That's somebody I don't want on my team. That's somebody I don't want in my locker room because I won't be able to count on you when the time I need to count on you. That's late in games with two minutes. Sorry-ass conversations. And by the way, organizations and coaches like Jordan says, they don't win championships. Players win it. Go, go listen to Jordan's induction speech into the Hall of Fame. He used to always get on Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf and say this, hey, man, organizations, you know, they can, they can bring the players in and they can do all they want when it comes to building a roster. Players got to go out and play. Players got to go out and play. This is on players. Player accountability, dude. Every time I hear people talking to me about Brad Stevens not being a good coach up in Boston. Okay, well, when you have Kyrie Irvin and you're talking about a guy that you're not even sure will make it to the arena every day, that's a guy I want to coach either, man. I would take a bunch of dudes that want to be there, want to play hard, and want to put everything on the line over guys who are the super talented. Look at the Nets now. They're home. You got James Harden who ate his way out of Houston. You got, like, burner account KD. And Kyrie Irving, you're not even sure what's up. You think that really is going to win? Hey, just because you put a big three together, it's funny, isn't it? Chemistry matters. Look at that big three. That big three was a failure, just like the Barkley and Pippen big three and, and Drexler in Houston a couple years back. Remember they tried to put that whole dynamic together in Houston? That was the original big three. That thing fell on its ear. It's because you put talent, talented people together. By the way, remember the, uh, the dream team that Joe Banner and all them dudes in Philly put together with Nandi Asamoah and them guys? One, what was it, one year, nine and seven? After that, man, it was all over the place. They had to end up firing Andy Reid and everybody in the organization for that. Chemistry matters. It's stupid conversations. Dude, there's guys that will drag their team across the finish line. Brady's one of them dudes. Jordan's one of them guys. To some extent, maybe even Peyton Manning. There's guys that you see that are just the greatest players in the history of a sport, and they just refuse to lose. It's not about statistics. I'll tell you who has a little bit of that in my book. Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard. Say whatever you want about Kawhi. You send him out of San Antonio up to Toronto. You thought you were going to exile him, and he ends up leading a team to a championship. Think about how close that thing was, too. 
Sixers are a rim job, and I say that with respect, on going to the NBA Finals. That could have been, that could have been them winning the NBA championship instead of Toronto that year. It's how close everything is when it comes to being a champion. It's a rollout. It's a fumble. It's a home run. It's an error. The difference between being good and spectacular is that. Okay? Hey, it's one thing to make it to the NBA or to make it to the NFL. It's another thing to sit there and go like this. Well, what do I do to get to the next level? Come on, man. All right. Let's move on here. By the way, we got a packed show for you. Arash Markazi, who covers the Los Angeles Chargers and the Rams for the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Also, at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock Eastern, we will talk to our friend Chris Landry, get his thoughts on all the rosters, who he likes going into the July camps. We'll get his spin on all that. And Dave Lapham. He covers the Cincinnati Bengals. I know. Watch this. Bengals? Sills? Hey, dude, I think they're one of the surprise teams in the upcoming 2021 season. I love this guy, Joe Burrow. And we will talk to our friend, Dave Lapham, who is a former uh, Bengal himself. That'll be in hour number two. All right, let's get into the story of the day here. And that is Carl Nassib. You know, it's funny. I was asked a question uh, going into the show, how do you think that's going to take and land with players that have to play against this player that are on the Raider team and the guys that are in the league? And again, just to reset real quick here, yesterday, Carl Nassib came out as a gay, and he's the only gay active NFL player in league history. You want to know what my response was? And, and I'll get to what uh, we were talking about prior to going on the air. Do you know what my response was initially? Watch this. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not in that locker room to know your politics. I'm not in that locker room to know your religion. I'm not in that locker room to know your sexuality. I could care less. I just want to know if you could play and we can win. I mean, sitting around talking about it brings up things that doesn't need to be in an NFL locker room. Now, watch this. Great. Good for him. Wonderful. Has no bearing on my life whatsoever. But see, and I'm going to tell you how it's going to, though. Because initially, it's the perfect world. You know why? Every guy in that league is going to do this. Hey, good. Okay. Somebody fine. Watch this. You know what people are saying in this? Do you know what players are saying right now in the league? Hey, finally, somebody had the onions to do this. Finally, somebody had the onions to come out and say they were gay. Hey, good for you, man. He's a pretty good player, too. Okay. What do you want from me now? Okay. How, how, how does this affect me? Oh, I'll tell you how it's going to affect me. Because what you're going to have is... You're going to have lame stream media making a fiasco out of this story instead of treating it with respect. Okay? You know what's going to happen here. It is going to be I, – I, you know, when Michael Sam was drafted by the Rams in the seventh round, Michael Sam is the most famous seventh-round draft choice I've ever seen in NFL draft history. Okay? They covered that. 
And everyone went like this. Come on, man. And everyone in the league was saying this under their breath. And I'm going to say it. They were doing this. They'll turn this thing into a freak show. Let the kid make the team. Let's see if the kid has the wheels to make the team. Okay? Don't, don't, don't derail the guy's opportunity. I knew it would derail his opportunity. I was talking to the guys before we went on the air. Yeah, how can he be the only SEC defensive player of the year? Since they've been handing that award out not to be in the league. Was the league ready for a homosexual player? I don't know. Maybe not. But it's awful, awful coincidence that he's the only guy? Weird. Then the league will start doing this. And I get this. Raiders jumped out in front of it. We're very happy about it. That doesn't shock me. That organization has done things. The first black African-American coach in Art Shell, the first executive with Amy Trask. There's no... That that franchise has been doing that stuff forever. I mean, Tom Flores, the first true minority ever to win a Super Bowl, he won two of them, got his uh, justice this year when he got into the Hall of Fame. Okay, the Raider organization, having an active gay player on their team, it's not a surprise. The Raiders are notorious for getting out in front of social issues and making a stance on it, which that's the Raider way. Al Davis... Is a maverick for doing that kind of stuff. So watch this. All great Raiders. All good. I saw the NFL statement. But what will happen is they will start bastardizing this story. Well, you know, there's some people in the locker room that don't want to play with gay players. Okay, who said that? And you know what you're going to start getting? Uh, anonymous sources are saying that there's players inside the organization. Because you know how the media lies. And before you know it, you've got distractions in your locker room. And they're distractions because you know why? Somebody did a solid for a community that finally has a role model that people can look to and go, this guy here has the onions. By the way, I love his conviction that he would come out and say that. Good for him, man. But what you have to do is you have to get out in front of these people and say, when you hear stuff like that, you have to be a leader in the locker room now saying, there's nobody in this locker room that has a problem with me being gay. Nobody. He's got to get out in front of it. He can't let these wild stories go because it'll derail everything he's trying to accomplish. Advertisers. Hey, why do you think certain advertisers were complaining to the NFL just about the Colin Kaepernick stuff? Why, why don't you think you see the kneeling anymore? Because people like FedEx and all these conservative companies, they were starting to get heat from all the people that were out there saying, hey, look, man, we're getting a lot of heat for this Kaepernick stuff. Because why? The majority of the NFL fans and football fans in general, you think they're California or New York? The football fan is middle America and the South. They're Trump's base. That's the football fan. That's some guy in California or New York. They are the fans in middle America. Conservatives, mostly, and in the South. You start barking anything that turns that money machine upside down, you're going to get a call on Park Avenue. Now, you know what the NFL is going to do? This is the perfect time for having this. You know why? Because the NFL can, they can get out in front of it in the offseason. They can work it here. They can control it here. And instead of doing it in the middle of a season, 
Actually, this was smart by Carl Nassib. Do it now before training camp. Okay? Don't do it right before a football game or in the middle of the year because then you're going to create all kinds of issues. And I swear to you, you know, and I, as, as I get back to me being asked how this will affect players, players don't care. I, I, I swear to God, yesterday when I heard the story, I went, oh, I, don't, I don't really care. No, I mean that when I say I don't really care. I don't care that it has no effect on my locker room and me as a football player inside one of those locker rooms. Man, I got enough issues to make the roster myself. You think I care what you th- what's going on in your life? I think people have this crazy notion that players are sitting around going, well, that guy's Republican. No, that guy's independent. Oh, did you hear what that guy said? He was at a rally for the Democrats. You think people do that in the locker room? You know what people are doing? Man, I hope I make the team, man. Man, that guy's getting more reps than me. You see the depth chart? I was second team, man. Coach moved me down because of that practice I had. I was talking about, hey, hey, you see Carl, man? You see his boyfriend? He talks like that in the locker room. You talk like that in the offseason. But right now, as you're getting ready for training camp, dude, man, I wonder where I'm going to land on the depth chart, man. I hope if I'm third team, I'll never make this team. That means I'm going to have to do something in special teams. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, man. I saw myself on say. When you're talking to Carl Nassib in the locker room, you're going to be talking about, hey, did you get that play, man, on what we're going to be doing against the Chiefs? What do, you, so do, do we do that stunt and that twist? Do you come underneath or do I go around you? Am I supposed to pull the offensive guard? What do you think you're talking about in the locker room? Idiots in the media talk about this stuff. Okay? The idiots that are out there will be adding this in. What, seriously, you think me and him sitting in a defensive line meeting, when we're watching game film, yeah, man, you see what the Chiefs are doing? That guy's sitting back. He's going to do a trap, and they're going to drop that guard down on you, and they're going to move him around and try to get up on the offensive uh, plane into the second plane here and try to get that linebacker scraping across. Oh, by the way, man, I met your boyfriend. (laughs) I've never in a million years – Heard anybody even talk about anybody's wife. Maybe at lunch. You're not even going to talk about that stuff on an airplane flying home. Man, I, I, I really do think that people think that this is a bigger story for the players than it really is. It's not. But what will happen, it'll be turned into a freak show. And... Media outlets like MSNBC and CNN, and to some extent Fox, will turn it into a freak show. And that's when the message may get derailed. That's when you may have problems in the building. So to me, it's a non-story on the 22nd of June. Watch what happens as we move this story along and we try to build more content off this story how this thing lands. We'll see. All right. The Rams, I think, are going to be one of those teams to watch this year. I happen to think also the Chargers are going to be one of those teams to watch. We had the general manager of the Chargers on a couple weeks ago. Tom Telesco is excited as all get out. So we're going to talk to our friend Arash Markazi and get his spin on those two Los Angeles teams. He's from the Mightier 1090. We'll hit him up next right here on the National Football Show. 
I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Salio. So George Kittle of the 49ers got asked the question, how come you didn't invite Tebow to tight end university? He and uh, Greg Olson, who just retired, um, you know, are hosting this like university and there's a bunch of the superstar tight ends that are going to all get together. And he was asked, George Kittle, why he didn't invite Tebow. And his comment was, sorry, man, we didn't have enough room. And plus, I don't invite third teamers. <laughs> oh, it's, that's great. That is a great comment, man. That's exactly how that... By the way, you hear what George Kittle of the 49ers and how he's doing? That's exactly 
how everybody in the league looks at Tebow. The only people that look at Tebow in a higher regard, once again, is the media and maybe Urban Meyer. Nobody in the league respects the guy as a tight end. And get this, that's not in any way throwing shade on Tebow as a man. We're not talking about that. There's two different things here. How can I give Tim Tebow respect when he's never played the position? The, the only time Tim Tebow's actually played tight end is right now in his life, in his football life. That guy hasn't built up enough equity, enough assets for me to sit here and go, yeah, let me um, talk to him. I won't even refer to him as a tight end. Anyone that asks me, Dan, what do you make of the story? I go, well, he hasn't proven he's even a tight end yet, let alone try to get a roster spot. By the way, Arash Markazi from the Mightier 1090 will join us. We're going to talk about the L.A. NFL teams here in a second. So to sit here and talk about, like, Tebow as a tight end, he hasn't even proven to the Jets yet and people in that locker room whether or not he's truly a tight end that can make a difference on a roster or help a team win a ball game. Actually, the only thing he's proven to this date as Jag is that he could sell tickets that he could sell merchandise, all the things that don't matter inside the hash marks. Those are the people that you look at and you go like this. Okay, well, this guy's a real, really good person for the company, and he's a really good company guy, but can he play? You know how many times you, you, you see radio stations or you see people hire people just to hire them, and because they bring a big name or they have a big social media following and you you assume that that guy is just going to fit in like a glove and then all of a sudden you realize there's not really much there not a lot of talent to what we're looking to do you know probably there's a guy on that on that Jaguars team right now that's pro probably there is probably a guy sitting there that's a third team tight end that's better than him but the organization's going to go like this hey if there's ties we're going to go with Tim Tebow because Tebow sells the merchandise. Why do you think he was a Met for all them years? Guy couldn't hit his body weight. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how he made those all-star. He like, made an all-star game or something like that, one of the minor league all-star games, hitting like 204. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I think he's 235. Now he's like 245. He's all bowed up because, you know, he's trying out for tight end. Tim Tebow is the George Plimpton of the modern-day athlete. Do you know who George Plimpton is? George Plimpton was a sports writer who wrote books back in the day. And he would go around like to Major League Baseball and want to pitch in a Major League game. He actually got into an NFL football game with the Lions. There was a book called Paper Lion. And he actually did that. It was really weird. He had an opportunity to do that. And he went around doing all this, but he was a sports writer. He never pretended to be an athlete, but he wanted to write from experience. That's what Tebow is. Tebow's a great college athlete. Great. But, dude, man, if, if, if you really think that, you're crazy. All right. One of my friends that is a staple in Southern California, I love going to him when we talk some Chargers and Rams. My friend Arash Markazi is with us now from the Mightier 1090. How you doing, Arash? I'm good, Dan. Good to see you. You bet, man. So, hey, how's it being a big media mogul now? You got a radio <laughs> show, you know, you're writing now, right? 
right? I the morning just, column. Exactly. I'm just trying to follow in your footsteps, my friend. I am here in San Diego this uh, week for the uh, Dodgers Padres series. So the Dodgers lost last night. They're going at it again tonight, and then we got a game tomorrow, and then I'll be back in Los Angeles for games three and four of the Clippers Suns. I watched that last night, man. Yeah. Really electric. The crowd was really cool yeah. last night. All right. Let me get into the Rams here. Boy, I'm hearing a lot of love fest coming out of Sean McVay. And here, <laughs> let me give it. Oh, my God. It's the I've never seen. Wow, man. Unbelievable. And it almost comes off like he's going so overboard. And people are now doing this. Are you throwing shade at Jared <laughs> Goff in any way? How are you looking at this relationship forming? So that, that was the one thing he had to stress because he was like way over the top. In the first event that they had at SoFi, he was like, I am the happiest man in the world. I mean, he had a man crush on Matthew Stafford, like to the point where we wondered if this was a knock at Jared Goff. And then he returned and talked to the media again. He said, no, this is not a knock at Goff. But listen, there's no doubt that that relationship went south pretty quickly last season. I mean, he... I mean, it was so clear that Goff was not the future quarterback. Now, is Matthew Stafford as good as we're hearing? We have no idea. I mean, obviously, we have not seen him practice yet. We'll see during camp and preseason. But, I mean, Sean McVay is having a public love fest with his new quarterback right now. Absolutely. And, and, and Arash, I'd love that you're trying to build confidence, especially coming from an organization where I think like he had 1,000-yard rusher, and I think that was Reggie Bush a billion years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and I've always said this about Matt Stafford. I think he is a superstar player that was unfortunately in a very bad organization. He's going to have 10 primetime games. Yeah, This could change the narrative, right, of how people see him. With the addition of Sean McVay around him, People could change the narrative if this guy comes in here and takes that team back to a Super Bowl. 100%. I mean, here's the thing you can at least say about Sean McVay. I mean, he puts his quarterback in a position to succeed with his play calling. I mean, when you look at the quarterback Jared Goff was with uh, Jeff Fisher and then the quarterback he was with Sean McVay, at the very least, I do expect Matthew Stafford to have a very good first season. Now, he needs help, you know. So, I mean, I, I don't think enough has been talked about, Dan, about the number of players that the Rams did lose. I mean, they are a very good team. They are a Super Bowl contender. You go to Vegas, they are a top five pick. But they did lose a lot of really quality players. So I do think Matthew Stafford is going to have to play basically as good as Sean McVay talking him up. Because, you know, top to bottom depth-wise, I don't know if they're as good as they were. How about this too, Arash? You know, when you look at Sean McVay, there's three coaches that I would think that are his contemporaries. Tell me if you agree or disagree. Matt LaFleur up in Green yeah. Bay and also Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. And when you see what those guys have at the quarterback position, and no disrespect for throwing any shade at Jared Goff, because like you said, this was like a renaissance uh, project. I mean, he yeah. took a guy that was just, in my opinion, I thought he was on his way out of the league and he turned him into a Super Bowl NFC champion quarterback. I mean... But do you think there's pressure on him also to get that quarterback position right? Because he sees what his contemporaries, you know, there's rivalries everywhere in sports. Yeah. There's rivalries also in coaches. Oh, well, no doubt about it. And you talk about the coaches that he, I mean, he, that is a competition too. When you talk about Cliff Kingsbury and some of his contemporaries, they they talk amongst each other. And, and I do think a part of him is like, listen, well, again, when they're having a few beers, right, Dan, this is not public conversation. You're doing what you're doing with that quarterback. Look at the 
things I'm working with. I mean, they're not that good. So now he does not have that excuse, Dan. He does have Stafford. He is a quality quarterback. At the very least, if there's anything that Sean McVay had in his dream playbook that he could not run with Jared Goff, he can run those plays now. He can run, you know, like you, you talk about the stuff he could not do with Goff. He can do that now. Absolutely. Before I get to the Chargers here, your thoughts, though, you, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago. Are they a Super Bowl contender? The 2021 Rams roster will be what at the end of the year? If no catastrophic injuries happen on that roster, they'll be what in your eyes? I think 10 and 7. I, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I do think depending on where the rest of the league is at and the conference is at, maybe they sneak into the playoffs. But they're not a very deep team, Dan, and unfortunately, I mean, if if someone goes down, I mean, certainly, you know, God forbid the quarterback goes down, they, they are not a deep team. So that's my one concern with them. Um, the one thing that they will have, Dan, and maybe the Chargers may have this as well, again, they are moving into SoFi Stadium, that brand-new $5 billion facility, so they don't have to worry about uh, – not having a packed house. All of those games will be sold out. The hope is, obviously, the majority of those fans are cheering for the home team, but that will help them a ton. I think being at the Coliseum was hard. Being in a stadium with no fans was hard. Being at SoFi Stadium now, packed house, that will help them. Absolutely. Let's get over to the Chargers. We had Tom Telesco on with us. Um, a couple days ago, and you could tell that there's an energy. And I said this last year, Arash, how how Justin Herbert got into the starting lineup. Guys were telling me he's standing there on the sidelines and not really he's got a chalkboard in his hand, he's writing, and that unfortunate situation because of the punctured lung with, with Tyrod Taylor, they go to him like, like 30 minutes before the game, hey, you're starting. This guy almost beats the Chiefs. He throws for over 350 yards, and I did do this. Wow, this kid's better than I thought he was. My boy Mario Cristobal texts me. He goes, I told you this kid's real. I mean – there's real energy in with the Chargers right now. They got a roster, man. They got so lucky, Dan, in terms of, I mean, they needed a they superstar. Did. They got, they, they, no one's talking about the Chargers in Los Angeles. So they lucked into a franchise quarterback. And I joked about two things at that moment. I said, they got to sneak some, some, something to the, the trainer. Again, you don't want to have that happen, but who knows? Who knows when Justin Herbert plays? If that does not happen, Dan, we don't know when Justin Herbert plays. And then my second thought was, Coach Lynn, you've had an entire training camp. You couldn't see what we, what, like what, what we saw in one game. Justin Herbert is a future superstar. I mean, so, uh, but again, they looked into a franchise quarterback. Again, they are much like the Rams. First season in a packed SoFi Stadium. Once again, Dan, I fully expect a lot of those fans to cheer for the opposing team. But in Los Angeles, if you are a superstar, whether you're LeBron James or Anthony Davis or Mookie Betts or whatnot, you move the needle. Justin Herbert has that little something to move the needle being a superstar here. You know, I, I, we just got through talking about young coaches. Brandon Staley yeah. now is the head coach of the Chargers here. Because it, 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 I went like this. When somebody goes, here, here the new head coach of the Chargers is, I had to look it up. Yeah, I, know. I had to look his name up. I'm like, okay, I've not, never really heard of him. I don't really know who he is, okay? And then I started thinking how Nick Sirianni got hired. He was a former Charger um like wide receiver coach or something, and all these young guys. Is this a new wave now we're looking at? Instead of those big profile uh, head coaches, 
we're looking at offense or young defensive-minded guys to take over these organizations. Exactly. But you know what? It's also that Sean McVay touch. If you're at, at some point connected with Sean McVay, you look at Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator, worked with Sean McVay. Cliff Kingsbury was not technically like an assistant, but for a while, for a few months there, he was – you know, talking to Sean McVay. In fact, the Cardinals famously put that in a in their press release. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, comma, who's a good friend of Sean McVay. Like if, <laughs> if you're at some point connected to McVay, but Brandon Staley was a revelation as the defensive coordinator. Like all the players on that team talked talked about how great he is. So we'll see. But there is that sort of you know new wave of coaches, that young coach who brings a new thought process in. And I, from from the guys I talked to, they are very excited about Brandon. Two last questions for you here, Arash. Let me throw this at you. I just asked you the question about the Rams. What will they be? No catastrophic injuries moving forward in 2021. What do you th see? And by the way, if you look at both of these teams, Rams and Chargers, look at the divisions they're in. I, I mean, the NFC West may be the toughest division in all of football, and the AFC West is right there as well. I mean, what will the Chargers be? No catastrophic injuries at the end of the year to you. So I'm going to like hedge my bet here. You know, I do like them perhaps to be on the high end, a 10 and 17 if Justin Herbert plays well. And Dan, as you know, someone who's covered a ton of Chargers games, this team once again continues to find a way to lose games that they should win. So if they find a way to flip the script and win those games, maybe they're 10 and 7. If not, they're 7 and 10. But the good thing about them, they are a good young team with a good young coach. The future, perhaps, we've talked about this before, looks, looks bright. They have to find a way to win those close games. I mean, they found new and magnificent and miraculous ways to lose games. I mean, week in and week out, I felt so bad for that team because they tried. And then at the end of the game, they found a way to lose. But on the high end, Dan, I'm going to go 10-7 and seven again with the Chargers. How about this? You know, we were talking relocation back in the day with the Chargers and with the Rams moving in there. You know, it's funny. I never, ever had a problem saying Los Angeles Rams from day one. Yeah. But there's still people that I watch on TV that still say San Diego Chargers. And I'm not sure that's ever really ever going to leave. Um, Because of the new stadium, SoFi, you think that's going to kind of bring everybody kind of back into the room now where – you're going to start today building a true fan base because you're going to be in your own building. That will help them, Dan, but here's the problem. You know, you did not have a problem saying the Los Angeles Rams. Why? Because the Los Angeles Rams were a thing for 50 years. They moved to St. Louis, had some success there, but then they moved back to Los Angeles. The San Diego Chargers were here in San Diego for 50 years, you know, so you can't just flip the script and say, oh, we are Los Angeles' team. Unfortunately for them, nobody wanted them in Los Angeles. They, they, they did want a team back, I thought. They wanted the, the Raiders, Raiders, perhaps. Exactly. The Chargers were a team, if you really cared about the Chargers, Dan, and I made that, I, I, I got here with the train. It's a beautiful train ride. It drops you off right there. You could have you done the drive. Nobody in Los Angeles who cared about the Chargers wanted them to move to Los Angeles. Like, even if you were a Chargers fan, you enjoyed making that drive, um, hopping on that train to San Diego. So we felt bad. Again, I'm from Los Angeles. I've spent my entire life there. Like, I felt bad that we took the Chargers. I mean, that would be like the Padres coming to Los Angeles. Nobody wants, to, nobody wants the Padres in Los Angeles. No disrespect to them, but if we want to see the Padres game, 
I'll do what I've done this week. I'll hop on the train, have a great time here in San Diego, and then come back home. They will, in time, build a fan base, Dan, but it's a little bit like the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers have been here in Los Angeles for 35 years, and they're still not of the heart and soul Agreed. of Los Angeles, you know? Absolutely. Finally here, SoFi Stadium. Give me just a little bit on it because I, I hear it's just state-of-the-art, and it is where the Super Bowl is going to be also this year. So the number one event is going to be in Los Angeles, and then you got the Olympics coming around yeah. the corner too. Talk about SoFi a little bit. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. The scoreboard is like this circular um, Oculus, which, again, there's big scoreboards around the world. There's there's nothing like this. It's a $5 billion facility. So, I mean, so when you come to see it, the majority of it is below ground. So when you walk in, it'll amaze you how big it is, the translucent uh, roof. It just – from the beginning, when you walk in, it's it, it, it's unlike any other stadium. In Las Vegas, it's fantastic, but I can compare it to Cowboy Stadium as something else. SoFi Stadium, Dan, I've never seen anything like it. They really did a fantastic job. But as you mentioned, home of the Super Bowl this year, World Cup, Olympics, college football championship, like all these big events are finally going to come to Los Angeles. Absolutely. Arash, I can't tell you how I appreciate you doing this. Continued success. I root for you. You're one of the good guys, <laughs> and I love you to death. Don't forget, go to his uh, Twitter page. You want to see some of the hottest chicks. And, <laughs> by the way, I also got to say this to you, too. Keep up with the weight, man. Thank you. You look great. You Thank look real you. good. Thank you, Arash. Thanks, Dan. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. My friend Arash Markazi, man, absolutely covers and one of the most plugged-in guys there is. All right, top of the hour, we're going to talk to Chris Landry, get his thoughts on all – of the rosters as we get ready for the July camps and next Tom Brady, man, that guy is a true G and I'll tell you why next here on the national football show. I get scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions, the dark, the dark, but I once heard someone say, but as I always say, It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. 
Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Silio. Chris Landry from Landry Football at the top of the hour. This story going around with Tom Brady, I guess he's uh, going to be on uninterrupted. I think that airs on Fridays. It's the shop. I think that airs on Fridays, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I watch this. He's made me now want to watch that episode with him in it because, you know, they kind of released and it was a really great tease. That clip was a great tease and it was Brady being asked a question like, you know, uh, when he was going around looking for teams, when he decided that he was going to leave New England, you know, where was, you know, his destination that he wanted to maybe best suited for his ability. And I I heard the Bears were one of the teams, uh, the Raiders kind of kicked tires. The 49ers were kicking tires. John Lynch even came out, the general manager of the 49ers, and said they kind of entertained it for a week. And then they stuck with Jimmy. And in the process, Garoppolo got hurt last year. And that's a, probably really rubbed John Lynch the wrong way and why they went after Trey Lance in the draft is because Garoppolo, once again, got hurt. And I've said this before, before to you about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a heck of a football player. He's 22-8 and eight as a starting quarterback. The only problem is, since he's been a starting quarterback in San Francisco, he's missed 53% of his football games. You can't build a game plan. You can't build a season. You can't build a roster around that. It's unreliable. And I'm not talking about his play. And by the way, sometimes in games, we've seen him overthrow plays, especially in Super Bowls, right? The last Super Bowl. This guy, he connects on that one throw. In my opinion, they beat the Chiefs. That team, I thought, was better than the Chiefs. I just thought that Mahomes played better in the fourth than Jimmy Garoppolo did. I, I didn't think Jimmy played great in the fourth. I didn't really think Jimmy played great at all in that game. Well, maybe the first half. Okay, so Brady's being asked. And by the way, I I tweeted out a whole bunch of stuff on two teams, and two teams did offer Tom Brady a contract. The, the other team was the Chargers. The Chargers offered Tom Brady $30 million a year, and the Buccaneers offered the same. And if you looked at the rosters, they're pretty comparable. They were pretty comparable. And the Chargers had just moved off of Phillip Rivers. 
and they were getting ready to make that move, and they basically were looking at it, going like this, okay, let's bring Tom in. They were the first team, and Tom Telesco was the first team to jump out there and offer Tom Brady. Then the Buccaneers did with Jason Light, the general manager, and Bruce Arians. They had to you know, come to the grips that they were not going to stick with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He did throw for 5,000 yards, but you were not going to – you were not going to bring that guy back because he was too reckless with the ball. And when you're in a risk it, you know, to get the biscuit kind of offense, that's Bruce Arians' motto, okay? You don't risk it, you don't get the biscuit, you know? That's just not going to cut it when you're turning the ball over. So they had to come to the grips that they were going to move on, and they did. That's how Brady lands there. He lands in Tampa because, quite frankly, get this, there were really only two teams that were putting contracts on the table. Cause you know why? Again, I get he's the goat. And, 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 and maybe in hindsight, Brady proved all those other teams. You, cause you understand something. Brady's like Jordan. You can't think that Brady's not pissed that he didn't have more people wanting him when he decided to leave New England. There's only two teams that we know of that put a contract on the table, and a team told Brady that they were sticking with the guy they had over him. That's why Brady fires back. You're sticking with that mf -er? You're kidding me. Over me? That's fuel. That's fuel for that guy. You know it is. He took that as a public insult when it started getting around that there was only two teams that offered him a contract. How many people thought that you at least have half the league? I didn't think that because you're talking about, again, look, Brady has knocked down all kinds of barriers and all kinds of myths when it comes to age. He's completely done that. But how many people believe that there's another Tom Brady that's going to knock down Father Time the way he's knocked him down? Tom Brady has fought Father Time for 21 years and beat him. Father Time eventually is going to get in the room, and he's going to get into the ring, and he's going to get him with a right hand. It's just a matter of time. Nobody calls their own shots. You know, when John Elway called it a career after he won that final Super Bowl, John Elway wanted to continue to play, but you know what and why he couldn't? There wasn't enough recovery time after that season, and John couldn't get his body in shape because it gone through so much, and he was 39 years old. You know, back then you could destroy the quarterbacks and you could plaster them all over the place. And you don't, he didn't have the time to get his body back in shape. It was more of a physical thing. That's what eventually is going to take Brady down. <laughs> you, 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 as you get older in the league and as you get as an older player, you become smarter. You, you, you read things differently on the field. You see things. But in that same process, your body gets destroyed. It starts to, like, deteriorate. You know, when, when you're a football player, you live in, like, dog years, okay? Especially when you're in the NFL. And you have to take into account the four years or five years of college ball, the four years of high school ball, 
Then the bitty football, three years, four years, whatever it was. That was for me four years. I snuck in. And you're talking 25 years of football. I played seven years of professional football, five years in college, four years in high school, four years in bitty football. I mean, you're talking a long time, man. Eventually, and look at Brady. Brady's played 21 years of football in the NFL. Four years in college. I mean, you're 25 years right there. This guy's played 30 years of football, over 30 years. You don't think his body, and I've told you this, this is exactly what happens when you're an NFL guy. It's this right here. It's not the catastrophic injuries that takes you out. It's the constant tapping on your knees, your elbow. Eventually, the head of the nail falls off, which is your kneecap, your shoulder, your wrist, anything. It's just the war of attrition wearing you out. And Brady's been able to do it. And what made Brady more pissed off than anything is that he had weathered all of that. And to see only two teams offer him a contract, that's more fuel. Now you're looking at it. And by the way, if Tom Brady left the Buccaneers, how many teams would be after after um, Tom Brady now? Two? 44? It's not because it's Tom Brady. It's because it's 44-year-old Tom Brady. Tom Brady, 34? There wouldn't be a team in the league, including the Packers, that would want to move off Aaron Rodgers and move into, hey, watch this. If Tom Brady was 37, the same age as Aaron Rodgers, you think the Packers would move off Aaron Rodgers and sign Brady? I do. I do. To get out from that, and to get out from that attitude, I'd want out from that attitude. That's the thing. When you're when, when you see the difference in how Brady goes about his business versus how these other guys go about their business. That's why, man, when I, you know, you hear comments made by him and he's sitting here and he's doing this. Hey, uh, yeah, you know, you you're sticking with that MF. All right. Let's move on here. We had Archie Manning on yesterday. And, you know, I started talking to some people up in New York. I'm trying to get Lawrence Taylor on the program. And LT is going to try to find some time for us. And the true LT, not LaDainian Tomlinson either. It's funny. Every time I say LT, oh, LaDainian, I really like him on the NFL Network. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. You know, LaDainian's good, okay? But I'm talking about the guy. Um, and, you know, my friend Jaws, Ron Jaworski, who's been on the show here too, Okay. I think him and LT have a personal and very close relationship. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I'm trying to get Lawrence Taylor on. And so I was talking to some of the giant people, and they're going to retire Eli Manning's number 10 this coming season. And even Lawrence Taylor said, you know, I'll tell you something, man. When that guy first came into New York, and he was New York giant, and how he came into New York, my whole comment was to him, I don't know, man. You really think that this guy from the South is going to come up here to New York and you really think he's going to fit in, and you really think that he's going to be somebody that's just going to embrace the New York area, and he's going to be somebody. I'll tell you something. That 2004 draft, you couldn't got you couldn't have gotten any better results 
with those three quarterbacks that became faces of their franchise. Think about that 2004 draft. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Eli Manning. All three of these guys are going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay? I mean, Philip was perfect for Southern California. Kid from Alabama, coach's son, organization that, get this, that did things unconventional, always like nitpicking on money. We're always doing one thing to kind of trip up. You heard Arash Markazi just talking about it now a little bit. So, I mean, he was perfect for the Chargers. Never bitched, never moaned. Then on the other aspect, you had Ben Roethlisberger. You couldn't have had a better guy fit in in Pittsburgh for the Steelers than Ben Roethlisberger. Ben did absolutely a sensational job there, man. And then he had Eli. Now Eli's going to go into the community. He's going to work with the community. I really love the guy, man. I tell you what, I have more respect now for him, and I do think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I can't wait to see him go into Canton. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to catch up with our friend Chris Landry from Landry Football. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. 
ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.